Hola, me llamo Octavio, soy de México, hablo español y estás escuchando The Fluent Show. Welcome to The Fluent Show. Bienvenidos. Hello, my name is Kirsten Cable. Talk to you about anything and everything interesting from the world of learning another language. Hello, this is a special, special episode at a very special time. And in fact, I'm recording this on a special day. It is Tag der Deutschen Einheit, the day of German unity, 3rd of October today. <laughs> I'm recording this for you, and that's really, really cool because this is. I guess technically maybe the 29th. No, I think it is the 30th. Uh, Germany is 30 years old. Happy birthday, Germany, today. <laughs> okay, episode 199. That's the big news, though. This is the last one before we go live for episode 200, when you can join Lindsay and me live. And that's going to be on 9th October. So we're doing this on Friday. At 7 p.m. BST, British summertime, we're still in for a fun live episode. And you can register and you can get the link and you can see us live and all the good stuff at fluent.show slash 200. Now, don't be too sad. I have some more news. After the 200th episode, the Fluent Show is going to take the rest of the year very easy and that means we're going to take the year off regular publications so in the feed you're not going to have your new episode every single week because sometimes we all need a break and it has the time has come for the fluent show to refocus and to gather the creative energy and I am excited for me to work on new episodes during this hiatus time I will be dropping into the feed every now and then to share how it's going, share a few bonuses with you. I've got some really cool ideas. And in January, we're going to pick up the show and we're going to have fresh content, exciting new guests and ideas. I'm going to shake up the check up the box that's got all the Fluent Show ingredients in it, all the Fluent Show bits. I'm going to look at what works best. And then from that, we're going to work on building the Fluent Show so that we can deliver another hundred awesome episodes and all of us have a lot of fun. What this means is even if it goes a little quiet, please don't unsubscribe in your podcast app because there will be more episodes coming and I wouldn't want you to miss them. And please keep sending listener intros as well, because I'm going to need your voices for 2021. If you're going to feel a little bit lonely and you want to catch up with The Fluent Show, or maybe you haven't listened to our archive of 200 episodes yet, or 199 as it is today, you can get the full archive at fluent.show. If you're in a podcasting app, something like Overcast or... Pocket Casts or Apple Podcasts, they may not always show you the full archive, but it is available for free if you go to www.fluent.show. So that was my announcement or two announcement. Come to the live episode and then after that, it's going to go a little bit quieter. So come, come in and join us while you can. Now, I do have some special awesome plans for some special awesome people. I have 
plans for Patreon bonus episodes. For example, we're going to have an international panel discussion panel conversation with me and three podcasters who all have shows in languages other than English, namely Spanish, Hindi and Swedish. And I want to know what the podcasting world, the podcasting landscape is like for them. If you want those kinds of episodes and you want more Fluent Show, even during the hiatus, become a patron. Come and back us on Patreon. The email, or the web address, not email address, the web address is patreon.com slash Fluent Show. And there are three main tiers. You can give as much as you can afford, as much as you want. The three suggested tiers are as follows, $2 a month, and that's going to get you access to our feed and to all bonus episodes, $5 a month, which is going to give you all of that, plus some discounts every time I run things like the live round for the Language Habit Toolkit that I am about to run, starts tomorrow, last day to sign up today, and extended show notes for the solo episodes. And on the $15 tier, you get all of that plus extra Q&A priority and live hangouts with me on a regular basis. If that isn't enough and you want more language podcast in your life, I would also recommend the pod chaser list that I've made for you. It's called Podcasts for Language Lovers and that's in the links that come with this episode. But please, if you can, come and join us. Do become a patron of The Fluent Show. It helps me plan for the next year. It helps me talk to sponsors and make really great language learning content. I'm so grateful to all of you. I believe we've got 47 patrons. We're so close to the 50. I'm super excited. I'm so grateful to all of our patrons who are supporting the show and it really does make a difference. Now, I didn't just want to give you a lot of announcements because this is episode 199, right? So let's let's get to work. Let's talk about work, in fact, because today's topic is how to learn a language when you work from home. Now, it's 2020, right? <laughs> Previously said 2020, no one's commuting anymore. And in fact, how is this not the most current question ever? So many people have started working from home this year. So many people who never expected to work from home, who didn't even know that that was a possibility in their working environment. And in the same way, so many bosses have have had to deal with their employees working at home and scrambling. And I think we've all had a flavor of that home life. Today, I'm going to do a bit of a deep dive into the ups and downs of working from home and how to make language learning fit into your new normal working life. Big shout out here to Kaz as well, who asks, uh, do you have any tips on creating a language habit when you're self-employed? I find creating a set routine is really hard because I do all my work and study at the same desk, so no separate environment, and my timetable switches up a fair amount. Kaz, I hope I can help. I started working from home in 2012, so it's, it's eight years today. I started it after I had taken several months off from my office job in order to recover from stress, burnout, depression, a little bit of little bit of everything, kind of the, the stress, depression, burnout cocktail. And this year, my partner has also started working from home and I can tell how 
different his working life is to mine. He is an employee. He has a set rhythm. He has stand-up meetings in the morning and he doesn't have the flexible schedule that I have. So there, I can see how even him working from home has influenced how my working life has changed. And that's had knock-on effect on my language learning. So this is an episode about life and languages. Those are the best ones, right? Let's start with the advantages of working from home. If you've been feeling stressed, if you've been missing the office, I have found that working from home has some great advantages. Namely, you cut out the commute. You stay safe from global pandemics <laughs> this year. You can catch all those home deliveries and you never have to make a round of tea in a dirty kitchen for 10 different people. There are some challenges as well. It can be lonelier. And it can be more difficult to establish a routine when all you need to do in order to change from one performance mode to another performance mode, let's say, is to kind of roll out of bed and walk downstairs or in some cases not even walk downstairs. So when you're self-employed, you've got some freedoms that add to this and it can make life a little bit easier. Most importantly, the freedom to choose your working hours to a certain extent. For example, recently in September and now into October, I have switched up my working routine after I saw a YouTube video. So yeah. I've put the video in the links for all of you. Uh, it's called Weekend Wednesdays, which essentially means I don't I don't work on Wednesdays. My day off is Wednesday. And then on Saturday, I, I am here and I am kind of engaging. And it's given me some great advantages. Plus, it's made it easier for me to fit in providing language coaching and providing language services for people when it's their weekend. For many people, language learning is not the Monday to Friday job kind of thing. It is a, a leisure activity, a weekend activity, and it helps for me to be able to fit that in. So even a little switch up like that, switching up one day that I do, whether I do work or not, has changed my life significantly. And it's given me that Wednesday morning when my husband gets up and I know the world gets up as my, as an almost natural Chinese learning time almost natural Chinese learning time and my teacher is available because it's during the week and I can schedule in something at 10 in the morning her time slots aren't in as much demand and it just all fits together sometimes these things work out now your environment when you're working from home matters even more you may remember for example recordings that I made this year from the the blanket fort when we moved into my new house and we moved at the start of the British lockdown. We were so lucky to get the extra space during the pandemic. And I know that it's much more difficult for many other people who are having to cram their work into bed on a laptop. Don't do that if you don't have to. You have used, who have to use the dining room, who have to use the nursery, and who are trying to keep a clear head in, in all of this chaos. So with this in mind... I'm, I'm conscious that I'm focusing this episode mostly on computer workers who are typing away at home right now because it's, it's hard for me to account for circumstances that I don't know that are working from home circumstances. And I'm also speaking as somebody who doesn't have kids, so I don't know exactly what it's like to have kids at home. I would love to hear from you what your home life is like right now. 
are you working from home? Are you stepping out and going back into the workplace? Are you, do you have kids to manage? Do you have lots of hobbies? Are you leaving the house on a regular basis? What is your life right now like right now? Please share. I'd love to love to know. And you can email me. That's hello at fluentlanguage.co.uk as always. Or you can also come and join me in my Facebook group, which is Fluent Language Learners. Or catch me on Instagram at Kirsten, K-E-R-S-T-I-N underscore fluent. Now, here are a few points that if you're new to homework and you might find helpful. And these are from my long term experience. This is what what I now set up first. Number one, ideally, you want to have a dedicated space for taking your work activities. You need a desk. You need natural light. You need a computer that's up to the job and you need a quiet environment. If you're an online teacher, those are non-negotiables, by the way. So online teachers pay, pay close attention. Headphones can help you with focusing, with concentration, etc. And another thing that really, really helps is an app, for example, like self-control on the Mac or forest on your phone. Again, because you're at home. You might be a little bit more lax, a little bit more chilled out about social media. So if, it, if at all possible, block those from your device because it'll help you concentrate. Now, you've got your home office. Let's say you've got the desk. You've got a little bit of space. You want to make that space look good and you want to add enough storage if possible. Get yourself a dustbin. And if you, this sounds so stupid, right? But it's so easy to forget. Get yourself the basics that the office would provide for you that you might have not provided for yourself at home. You need those because they are what allows you to focus better and to really get stuff done without freaking out at five o'clock, stressing and taking that straight into your kitchen and dining room. I'm also all sold on pegboards recently. They're my best storage solution for me as a chaotic person. And I have a whiteboard on hand. So again, set up your home office as much as you need in order to perform well. It's not frivolous. Secondly, create opportunity to separate yourself from that dedicated workspace the better that workspace is set up, the easier it gets to separate yourself from it. You think about a curtain, perhaps a door that you could close. Perhaps you can do a daily walk around your block, around your estate um, in the morning before you start work and then in the afternoon when you end work. I recognize for me personally, that's a great intention and I never end up doing it because I struggle to finish work. So for me, it's as if I do a little shutdown routine on the computer and then step out the office and close the door behind me. That is so, so, so powerful. So make sure you start and finish if you can at specific times, even if your schedule doesn't make you just kind of say, okay, I'm in work mode now. And again, stepping into that space, pulling back that curtain makes a huge, huge difference. You want to have something physical that tells you, okay, it's work mode now. Once you've got that, you know what I'm going to say. This is very close to having something physical in some way, you know, getting out your book out of your bag or putting, you know, opening your language notes or something like that. You want to have something physical. If you want to focus on language and have a focus session that tells you it's language learning time now. These kind of cues and prompts from our environment do a huge, huge job to help us out. And one last thing, because you are not separating your work life and life life as much anymore when you are working from home 
delete your work emails from your phone. If your boss has a objection to that, tell them I told you so. Now, thirdly, you want to become an excellent planner. This doesn't mean having to block off every single second of your time three weeks in advance, but you do have to start running a household as well as a home office, possibly children's lives, and possibly you're caring for someone. And that means a lot of extra pressure. Write yourself a list of what really needs to get done. Look at that list, really make a, make the whole entire list, look at it and then prioritize and say, these are the things that have to have to get done. Do those first because they are most important and invest in a calendar setup that works for you. For example, in the Language Habit Toolkit, there's a weekly planner worksheet, which will help you map out what's happening in a busy week and write the goals that are most important for you. And one last tip, stay social beyond social media. This is a little bit easier for employees because you probably have regular meetings with your friends. But if you are self-employed, you're a solo worker, that is lonelier. It can be a challenge. So make sure you've got plenty of people around you, not just on social media. So exchange voice messages, meet people on video chat. And if, if possible, where you live and safe, meet people IRL. This is so, so important. And I'm pretty sure even if you're more introverted than me, it still really matters. Now, for almost everyone, all these things come first. And now we can talk about languages. If you're a home worker who's also doing childcare, you're running a household and you're possibly caring, please, please go easy on yourself first of all. Languages might just be a hobby for you. There might be a way to give a calm moment to yourself. And there is no need to start on the top of all that worrying about your French level. If you want to set yourself an ambitious goal and you're feeling motivated by that and you're saying, okay, I'm going to ramp up my French level because now feels the right time and I want to challenge and distract myself, then go ahead and do so. But it's got to feel good. You're already motivated and it helps to think of your languages in a way that you think about learning an instrument or doing sports in a way that this is for you. Now, This is also not the time to make some kind of huge step. You, you know, when you're working at home, you need to take small actions on a regular basis and you can achieve enormous results with that. In fact, with language learning, you're also building long term and muscle memory for that accent, which will improve your speaking skills as you remember words faster and pronouncing those words becomes more comfortable. In other words, doing fewer things more frequently is a better way to learn a language long term and it makes it so much easier to fit it into your working life. And this means you need to start thinking of your language goals as a consistent commitment and an expression of who you are. The more you're able to create that little space for the language learning habit, the easier it becomes to automate learning so that it's just a thing that you do and it becomes easy and it becomes automatic. Have a think about current habits that you have, good or bad. Maybe social media, maybe you smoke, maybe you go for a jog every day, maybe you go for a jog every Saturday, maybe you brush your teeth or you call your parents on a weekly basis. There's so much that you get done when you break down a bigger goal what I call a vision goal, into small realistic steps. For example, 
your goal on a weekly basis, your to-do list type of goal, your actionable, really doable thing doesn't say, I want to improve the relationship with my family. It says things like send a birthday card to Sam, call dad or say happy anniversary to Uncle John. You want to break down your language learning goals in the same way. For example, we can work through the core skills, listening, speaking, reading and writing and break down the goals in that way. That's what we do in the Language Habit Toolkit and I'll show you how when you, when you, if you, join the live round. After that, you've got your goals, you've got your list. Be sure to check in with yourself and make a note of every time you've done something in that language. This can be a really simple daily contact check-in, maybe a, a habit-keeping app, Maybe one of the worksheets, again, Language Habit Toolkit has plenty of ideas for you. And it's really wonderful for people who are managing a busy schedule and managing an irregular schedule as well. If you have a set time of day every day, or maybe every week, like the weekend Wednesday, and you'd like to spend it with your languages, then you can use it to work on something specific that you've planned for in advance. And this is what's going to get you out of the rut of always doing the same thing in your target language, because not only does that get boring, it also gets quite ineffective over time. So you want to track what you do so that you have an eye on whether there is enough variety and whether you are having that contact. And many, many times tracking is, is what's going to show you that you're doing so much more than you thought you were. So it's a real confidence booster. I'm a big fan of the tracking. Not as chastised, beat yourself up tool, but because it will help you get a clearer picture and you need that clearer picture because life is already very chaotic. It's undeniable that five minutes of language learning every day will add up no matter what you do, but you do need a bigger picture because I want you to be working in what's called the zone of proximal development. The zone of proximal development is where you're feeling happy enough that you can do it, but challenged by your activities. And just following the Duolingo skill tree, for example, just watching YouTube videos from the same YouTuber, even if the topic changes, often doesn't quite cut it enough. It doesn't train enough ability. It doesn't give you enough interaction and there are, it, it can lead to gaps and frustration. Now, I want to take a few minutes to tell you about the Language Habit Toolkit and the method. And in the show notes, you've got another episode where I've talked more about how to learn a language every day, sort of how to really build up that regularity. But here is a little summary of what it's all about. Step one is that you set your vision for language learning your vision, your big goal, so that you're clear about why you are here. This feels so obvious and easy. Like, of course I know why I'm learning Spanish. It, it feels so obvious and easy that you might have skipped it, but really investigating this with yourself is critical and so helpful because you've written it out, you've got this sort of record somewhere, and then you can come back to it and you can see what past you was motivated by and you can examine if current you and perhaps future you will still benefit from that. If you're the kind of person who finds a Turkish book in their shopping cart for no reason except Turkish sounded cool, you really need to do this. Step number two, list your actions. You want to set it up so that there are varied options available for you every day, no matter if you're out and about or you're in the bedroom or you're in the kitchen. And they can be 
tiny, tiny actions, but they have to be listed somewhere so that you get a sense of the big picture. And then, then comes the tracking. So next you want to track your daily contact in the language. You can do that with a simple checkbox. You can just make a little note. You could write a little smiley face or an emoji about how you felt. Or you can go full on and say what resources you used, how many hours you put in and what specifically you did. This is up to you. As long as you track your you're probably going to get a feel very quickly for what is the right balance for you to stay consistent with what you're doing and at the same time to get enough information so that you can look back on it and say, okay, that's what this was about. And here's the final trick that so many people forget and I think is is magical. It's magical. I love this. I love doing this in the toolkit. Do something with what you're tracking. Use a reflective moment perhaps at the end of a month, to improve your routine for the next time. So you take all that data and I want you to do something. I want you to look at it and say, well, what went well here? What needs to be improved? Where did I fall short? And maybe have a conversation with a coach about it or have a conversation with a friend about it because you want to dig into everything that that month told you, a week, the year, everything that that time period told you about your language learning. If you want some help with that, if you're into the idea of all of this, if you're ready to get organized about these goals, then please come and join the Language Habit Toolkit Live. Like I said, it's the last day today to sign up. I've got a link for you, of course, in the show description. You would really benefit from this if you haven't yet discovered the true power of plan, tracking and reviewing. No other system that I've seen has got the review built in quite as much. So I'm quite proud of that. And in fact, with the live round, there's never been a community aspect before. So this is going to make a big difference to how you understand and apply what you're learning in the toolkit. Because for one month, I'm going to be here. You can ask me questions and we're going to work through every single step together. If you are excited to learn a language, but you're getting a bit muddled in your head and it is confusing, or if you are challenged this year especially because something like your entire working life circumstances has changed, has thrown you a curveball, then this is here for you. And of course, the Fluent Show is also going to be here for you. Now, let me close by saying thank you so much for listening. If you're a long-term listener and a few of you I know have been with us since episode, I don't know, five, thank you double triple much for listening 199 times thank you it's been it's been so great making the episodes to this big big milestone i've been looking forward to it all year long the fluent show has been downloaded since i moved it to my new provider a 1.3 million times and that's not even the whole run of the fluent show so let's just say one and a half million times downloaded all around the world i've heard from so many of you i've been privileged and lucky to be supporting you in your language learning efforts and i want to thank you for listening and for making that little space in your routine like i said first of all come and join us for the live episode that's at fluent.show slash 200 and join me in the language habit toolkit live and i'm going to go a little bit quiet after this but i sure i'll see you on patreon until then it is goodbye from me. Au revoir. Tschüss. Au revoir.